The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I'm Sam Keir, host of Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. For the past 12 months, I've been talking to T20 star David Visa, getting his take from behind the scenes at the IPL, the 100, and the rest of the world's biggest leagues. That's the Donnelly View system, Diogo. There's no <laughs> ways in my mind that was up. These guys don't know how to win at this stage. He had his driver pick him up in his Bentley. People start chanting your name. You kind of have to pinch yourself. Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Spon- Social. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. We are just 48 hours away from Liverpool versus Manchester City in the Premier League. But before we get to the pre-match stuff, big news for a former Red. Daniel Sturridge has agreed a contract with Perth Glory in the A-League. So Mr Sturridge will be taking his very considerable talents to Australia. Um, Personally, I think he could still play in the Premier League. Personally, I'm very surprised that no Premier League club took a a chance on him. I think there's a couple that could do with a striker like him, but delighted to see him get a move. Be great to see him back playing. And congratulations to Daniel Sturridge. On to Liverpool versus Manchester City, and Jurgen Klopp has done his press conference. Some of the snippets that come out of that, he said he has three options to play right back versus Manchester City. James Milner, Joe Gomez and Nico Williams. Uh, He said we could change the system. There are a lot of things possible. Whoever plays should be protected by at least two players. The last line is quite interesting and maybe a little bit of a warning note to somebody who's failed to protect the right back in the last two games. I don't believe Klopp thinks he has three options I don't believe he'll change the defensive system we might see him change the attack and maybe go to something more along the lines of the 4-2-3-1 or 4-4-2 that he played against City last season at the Etihad but I think the idea that he might play a back three is probably misguided Um, I think it will be James Milner but Joe Gomez would be the other option there Milner has obviously played the last uh, well two of the last three games at right back. And against Jack Grealish, you're not going to really be worried about Milner in terms of pace. You'd be a little bit worried about Grealish's tendency to fall over when a gust of wind catches his hair. But if Milner can stay on his feet, not do anything rash, he should be absolutely fine. I think Joe Gomez would be absolutely fine against a player like Jack Grealish as well. Um, Other notable things... Jurgen Klopp speaking about the international break, and we are at the point now where we take another international break, despite the fact that the pandemic continues to travel around. He says Fabinho, Alisson, Sadio Mane and Costa Simicus are all due to play in red list countries during the October international break. I heard they maybe have to have 10 days in a hotel when they come back with food delivered to their door. It's not okay. It's definitely not okay. Um, 
we know how Klopp operates, and we know that players have to train a certain amount of days before he will consider them for games. And if they're stuck in a hotel room, they're not going to be able to train. Now, it might be a little bit different for Alisson, but it would be almost certain that upon return, they will miss Watford, Atletico Madrid away, Manchester United away. All of them would fall within that 10 days. They might be back then in time for Brighton at home. You wouldn't imagine any of them bar Costas would have been set to play against Preston in the EFL Cup. But to miss them for, especially Fabinho and Alisson, for Atletico Madrid away and Manchester United away, that is massive. Absolutely massive. Now, Manchester United will also have players who would be likely to miss out, but I don't think they'll have anybody as important as Fabinho, Alisson and Sadio. So that is very, very concerning. Hopefully, hopefully, common sense will prevail here. It would be worth our while refusing to release them again. Yes, they'd miss Watford. Maybe they miss Atleti, but at least they're back for United. Whoever made the decision to have an international break during a pandemic needs taking outside and shooting, quite frankly. Uh, Klopp says, we will have to be brave, front-footed and cheeky in moments, produce our work, our best work, only then will we have a chance. Jurgen loves to pretend that he's the underdog going into games despite having the better team. He says, uh, Manchester City are the best team in Europe at the moment. Uh, I would struggle to name them in the top four, but you know, he wants to create that mindset, create that outlook, that we're the underdogs, the pressure's on them. He knows that Pep can overthink things. He knows that Pep can be a little bit fragile in certain games. So possibly trying to take advantage of that. Uh, to move around the main Liverpool websites, of course, there are some funny videos on the Official club site uh, with regards to the team photograph, which was taken yesterday, and Andy Robertson not been too impressed about being stood with the smaller players. Um, there's a good inside training piece. You've got a piece about Sir Roger Hunt, Steve Nicholl, John Aldridge, and a few old older players, uh, Jason McAteer as well, talking about. Roger Hunt and what he meant to the club and also a bit of a chat about Curtis Jones and his performance against Porto. Um, there's more clips and, and bits of uh, Jürgen's press conference. There's there's a lot. There's a lot on the club website. Just check that out there. Um, on Liverpool.com, again, there's more pieces about the um, press conference and Jürgen suggesting maybe a formation change. And some praise for James Milner. There is a piece that suggests Liverpool lead the race for £100 million star as Jurgen Klopp dem demands Reds battle PSG for 21-goal winger. Uh, the player in question is Moussa Diaby. Nobody in their right mind would pay £100 million for Moussa Diaby. He is a good player, a potentially a very good player, but he is in no way a £100 million player. And PSG 
well, they let him go on the cheap because they didn't think he was good enough to play for their club. Um, their news roundup also includes a piece of bit of Dama Traore. Not sure why that's Liverpool related because they'd never sign him. Uh, Nike kit disappointment. Liverpool are continuing to grow in the US market thanks to their Nike kit deal. But there are other areas in which the club are struggling thanks to distribution problems and the bigger lure of clubs like Barcelona in certain parts of Europe. The Reds rely on sales making their kit deal as lucrative as Manchester United's £75 million per season agreement with Adidas. And clearly clearly the pandemic has not helped in that regard. Yeah, they took a gamble um, with this kit deal. And thus far, it obviously hasn't worked out, but nobody could have known that. Nobody knew there was a pandemic coming. So that is what it is. Um, There's a piece suggesting Jurgen Klopp must start Joe Gomez against Manchester City, which is quite interesting. Um, Joe hasn't played in the Premier League yet, and his right-back minutes are basically however long he played against Porto in the last couple of years. So, again, that's a bit of a strange one. There is a piece regarding Fabrizio Romano telling some lies and a piece about Mohamed Salah and uh, the contract situation. On This Is Anfield, again, there's a lot of pre-match focus. Uh, Why Manchester City's psychological block is their biggest issue against Liverpool. There is a piece regarding how how a new Red List international solution is about to reveal which Liverpool players aren't vaccinated. I mean, it will and it won't because there's a lot of players who aren't playing in red list countries who won't be vaccinated either. Uh, I think the numbers suggest that less than... I think it's eight. Only eight Premier League clubs have more than 50% of their players double-vaxxed. So, in all likelihood, there's quite a few players and probably some players that would surprise you who aren't vaccinated. On AnfieldIndex.com, we've got a couple of new pieces up. How to approach Man City. It's a tactical piece by Stephen Smith. It's very, very good, very well, very well written and worth, worth your while reading. And a piece by the one and only Sam McGuire. Is this the best version of Mohamed Salah? Uh, using some of his data and uh, vis- visualizations from his 23 sport colleagues. It's excellent stuff from Sam, as always. Absolutely excellent stuff. And if you look at the numbers compared to how he performed in his first season, you know, he's on track to score the same amount of goals and his creative numbers are higher. So Sam may be right. This may very well be the best version of Mo Salah. And he may very well be the best player in the world right now. That's where he is right now. Is He is in absolutely incredible form. And while Messi goes through the early phases of his time at PSG and hasn't fully settled in yet, hasn't really performed yet. Cristiano's obviously fallen off massively. Neymar's not where he was. Suarez isn't where he was. You would have to put the argument forward that Salah, Benzema, and Lewandowski are probably the three best players in the world right now. And Lewandowski can make the argument that he's been the best player for about 18 months. Uh, he should have won the Ballon d'Or last year, but obviously it was cancelled. I would imagine he might win it this year to sort of make up for that. Even if maybe he's not quite the best this year, he may well get the nod anyway. 
But Salah is very much in that mix and right now might be the best of the three. Benzema's having an incredible season for Real Madrid, but they don't offer as much in team play as Mo does. Uh, we've got a bunch of new podcasts up. I mentioned the, the latest scouted and the new rival recon. They're both up. There is a Euro Incision podcast on Pro. Uh, Guy stepping in for Nina to speak with Timas. Uh, it's, it's well worth your while. The latest Molby on the spot. Trev is back. Trev and Jan, absolutely brilliant. Have to give that one a listen. And the new Under Pressure with Dan Kennett, Dan Rhodes, Phil Barter and Simon Brundish. That's CNN Simon Brundish to you peons. Uh, having a look at the games against Brentford and Porto and basically, I suppose, waxing lyrical in some ways about Brentford and Mittelland and how they operate. Uh, those are very, very good and very, very worth your while. And that is basically it. There's lots of pre-match stuff across all the websites. We've obviously got some decisions to make, or we, we don't have any decisions. Jürgen has some decisions to make ahead of the game. I would imagine he sticks with Milner at right back. Matip, Virgil, Robbo, Allison and goal. Fab, Henderson. It's hard to see how Curtis doesn't keep his spot after that performance against Porto, but Naby is fit and ready to go. In attack, he has a decision to make. Does he bring back in Bobby? Does he stick with Diogo Jota? Jota hasn't played particularly well in recent weeks and has looked quite tired. Bobby obviously came off the bench against Brentford, came off the bench and scored twice against Porto. And Bobby has had great days out against Manchester City. He has been a thorn in their side many, many times. And with his movement, his ability to link play, Amit Ruben Diaz's desire to track runners into midfield if he needs to, that could be a way to exploit City and open up some space behind them. This isn't the City team of 17, 18 or 18, 19. They're not close to that level. They're a good team with some great players. They're no longer a truly great team, in my view. The goalkeeper's good, not great. Walker's good, not great. Canseo's very good going forward, poor defensively. Diaz is good, not great. Laporte is good, not great. He was great. He hasn't been the same since the knee injury. Again, in midfield, Rodri, good, not great. De Bruyne is great, there's no doubt. And I think Bernardo Silva's a great player. In attack, Raheem Sterling is great, but he doesn't always get the start in, in big games anymore. And he hasn't generally done all that much against us. Jack Grealish is good, a long way from great and not in good form, regardless of how people try and spin it. He hasn't performed well this season, bar three games in which City were absolutely rampant anyway. I saw TalkSport ask the question the other night, who's better, Neymar or Grealish? And I just thought things have gone too far. It's one thing discussing Salah versus Neymar. To discuss Grealish versus Neymar is just insulting to the Brazilian. You know, they've got Ferran Torres. They've got Riyad Mahrez, who's not quite the player he was a couple of years ago. Gabriel Jesus, who hasn't become the player he's expected to be. Pep doesn't seem to know what his best front three is, but the numbers suggest his best front three 
involves Ferran Torres as the false nine. So if he plays him there, does he go with Jesus on the right and Grealish on the left or Sterling on the right and Grealish on the left? Does it really scare you all that much? Doesn't scare me. Not like when they had De Bruyne, Fernandinho and David Silva in midfield and Sterling Aguero and Sané up front. That used to terrify me. That front three, that was absolutely sensational. A 4-3-3 that could instantaneously flip to a 4-4-2 with Sané dropping deep and wide, De Bruyne stepping up and wide and Aguero and Sterling forming a a two-man strike force that had pace and movement. This current group doesn't have, well, it doesn't have a Sané. De Bruyne is still great, but he's not quite as good as he was because the injuries have taken a toll. You don't look at their team and think, yeah, they'll blow everybody away again. You look at them of, of late, they struggled to create real chances against PSG, struggled to create real chances against Chelsea, struggled to create anything at all against Southampton. Struggled to create real chances against Leicester. Struggled to create real chances against Spurs or anything at all against Spurs on the opening day. They wiped the floor with an Norwich team have lost every game and we wiped the floor with them twice. They wiped the floor with an Arsenal team that were a disaster at the time and were down to 10 men. They wiped the floor with Wickham. Wickham in the League Cup. They, and, and tried to make out that they played a young team. They played five young players an experienced international goalkeeper, and their front five was probably the strongest one they have. And they they beat RB Leipzig 6-3 in a basketball match, but Leipzig scored three goals, and City were all over the place defensively. So, while you still respect them, they're not as good as they were, or certainly I don't think they are. I don't think there's one area, bar maybe the goalkeeper, but he was the goalkeeper in 17, 18 and 18, 19. I don't think they're as good. Walker's not as good. Diaz isn't as good as company. Laporte isn't as good as he was that season. Kinsale was better than Delft, there's no question there. Bernardo Silva's great, but he's not David Silva. Rodri's good, he's not Fernandinho. De Bruyne is not quite the same. Sterling's not quite as good and, and had a bad season last year, has struggled so far this season. Grealish isn't a patch on Leroy Sane, and nobody they can play up front is a patch on Aguero. So they've definitely stepped backwards. Now we have a couple of players who aren't as good as they were in 1819. There's no no shame in admitting that. Sadio, struggling for form. Bobby, not as good. Henderson, not as good. But the rest, Trent is better. Virgil's probably not there yet because of the the knee injury, but he'll get there. I think Alisson's a better goalkeeper now than he was then. Fabinho's better now than he was then. Salah's better now than he was then. We've got Matip now. We don't have Lovren anymore to drag the level of the team down. Robertson's been out of form, but overall he's a better player than he was in his first two seasons at the club. So best 11 versus best 11, we should have an advantage. We would take our manager over theirs while fully admitting their manager is an all-time great, just like ours. They have better squad depth than we do, but 
you can only have 11 players on the pitch at the one time. So in a head-to-head, you would have to fancy our chances in this game. Going into the game, injury-wise, we know Thiago's not playing. We know Trent is unlikely to play. And Harvey is is ruled out. I don't know if, if Klopp ruled Trent out of this game. Um, though he did say we have three options and he didn't name Trent. So you would guess we won't have Trent. We definitely won't have Thiago. And we definitely won't have Harvey. They will be without Zinchenko, who's a good player. Not necessarily an every game starter, but a good player. Gundogan, who I think they would need against us in this game. I think he would start as one of the eights. I think he's a great player. He's a big, big blow, just like, say, Thiago is for us. And um, Benjamin Mendy, obviously, is is not going to be playing football. Maybe ever again. So, um, yeah, Trent is the big loss for us, but we should still have enough. We should still have enough at home in front of a crowd that I would imagine are primed to make an awful lot of noise and just put those noisy manks back in the little box. We'll leave it there for today uh, before I go off on too many tangents. I will speak to you on Monday. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the Reds win at the weekend. And uh, enjoy Raw after the game, if we win. If, if we lose, it might be advisable not to listen. Uh, see you next time. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.